Hello, everybody. Kambanwa. Matachiwa no tamadachiwa. Koko ni. Akrindi. Doko ni. What? Shinel deska. Hanashimas. So stay. Ine. Watachiwa. Nihango. Hanashimas. So stay. Skide skera. Nihango. Hanashimas. Matachiwa no tamadachiwa. So stay. Ine. Ego. Hennessy Titus. Antona Ego Hennessy Titus Arigato Tomodachi to Coco D America D. So stay. Nihon D. So stay. Yerpo D. Quo? Tomodachi to. Sumimasen. Tomodachi to. Ga. Ie watachi wa hanashimasen. Ga arigato tomodachi to. Mimasen deska. Watachi no Nihango Hanashimas Ga Watachiwa Egao Hanashimas Well, I just thought I would say a little bit in Japanese. And this is the little bit that I've learned from using the Michelle Thomas Foundation course. And you can 
speak some Japanese. I mean, I know more now than I did before, and I hope that <laughs> for those who speak Japanese and who are from Japan or who are Japanese American that speaks Japanese, just let me know what you think uh, <laughs> in a voicemail message, where it, whether it's off of Anchor or, you know, on my um, Facebook Instant Messenger. I really would appreciate it. I need all the positive feedback I can get. <laughs> Sorry if um it's not um fluent enough. You know, I'm still learning. So, but I love it. I love Japanese culture and movies and music and history and fashion and karate. Yeah. And the people too. So, you know, I just wanted to say that, you know. Um, but I also want to say thank you to Spotify and thank you to Anchor and thank you to everyone who has listened to me for almost four years now. Woohoo! It's 2022, y'all. And this is a brand new year, a brand new language challenge for myself. And for the next 730 days, I will be concentrating on nothing but speaking and listening to Japanese content. So I will be bringing on people who... You know, I want to actually do the Kora Kara um, host from the YouTube channel, um, their YouTube channel. And, you know, I even want to interview people like Oriana Pearl. Um, you know, she's pretty much an interesting person that I have um, found on YouTube who studied Japanese and who studied Mandarin and got you know, degrees from schools in those countries and who works in Japan and engaged to a Japanese guy and speaks nothing but Japanese and does a lot of reactionary videos. So it would be kind of cool to interview her and to see her take on, you know, Japanese from her perspective. You know, um, I mean, there are some things I don't agree with, you know, um, but, you know, you can always agree to disagree in a very humble way and admire what people do in regards to language learning because everyone's journey is different. And I respect that 100%. Um, so I wouldn't mind getting some Japanese YouTubers on. And um, I even have an author who wrote a book on language learning that um, contacted me over the weekend and that wants me to review their book and they want to come on my show. So I'm going to probably have them on after I read their 250-page book and let you guys know what it's all about after I finish. And, um, you know, thank you to that person. Um, I won't mention that person's name because their name is not coming up in my head at the moment. And it's like almost eight o'clock at night here on the, e on the East Coast here in uh, Ohio and right now. And so, you know, but when I do, you guys will be the first to know. Um, I also, you know, have to say that I'm really happy. I'm only two states away, Idaho and Wyoming. And I will have all 50 states where my show is listened to. I also have 126 countries. I only have 69 more countries left to go, you guys. And I would be listened to all over the freaking planet. Which this is freaking awesome that this is happening within like not, you know, almost four years of being on the air. So, you know, I, I, I. And I'm so freaking happy about this. I don't even know what to to do or even say. But all I can say is arigato uh, tomodachi to. 
Um, I really do appreciate it very much. I really do. Um, all the responses I've gotten, whether it's on Clubhouse or Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, um, thank you so much. You know, I really appreciate it more than you know. I love language learning. I love helping people with their languages. I love talking about different ways to learn languages by using your hobbies. I love interviewing people, you know, and I decided to stop dabbling once and for all. So, I'm going to spend the next two years on nothing but Japanese. So you guys might get tired of me talking about Japanese. I will be talking about other languages as well. But my main focus for myself personally is going to be Japanese. And after that, I'm going to go hardcore on Arabic. And I might actually leave it after Arabic um, as far as learning any more languages. Because I kind of want to maintain the ones I have. And I also look at... Who am I speaking these languages with? What, you know, will will I learn any more languages? Probably not. Um, mainly because, you know, it takes a lot to learn these languages. It takes time and motivation and a lot of, you know, commitment on my part. I love language learning, but personally, it's like, okay, I would rather just maintain the ones I have. You know, unless I was traveling all over the world where I needed to be able to speak X, Y, and Z language. Right now, I don't see myself, you know, um, really learning other languages other than the ones that I pursued personally um, that didn't have to do with me reviewing it for, like, work purposes or for, you know, the podcast. So, you know, if it is me listening to music in Spanish or speaking in French, Italian, Russian, you know, that's that's another thing. You know, I want to speak in Arabic and in Japanese. So, you know, yes, um, I, I plan on, you know, doing that. But as far as like trying to learn this language and that language, unless I have a real need locally for why I need to learn it, I'm just going to stick to the ones that I just mentioned uh, recently just because I come into contact with people that speak these languages on a daily basis. And that means something to me personally. Not to say I don't love other languages, because I do. But this is just something that I planned on, you know, um, just committing myself to. Because it takes a lot to maintain all this stuff. And, you know, I can find the resources for all of these languages at the tip of my fingers now. And, you know, the Internet's my oyster. And I'm doing this for myself. I'm not doing this for anybody in particular. And, you know, I also get to, you know, continue to make friends and really, like, expand my horizon. And I love Japanese culture and food and people and cinema. And that's what I'm going to stick to. Um, in regards to me learning it. Um, and I mean learning it by speaking and immersing myself and learning, um, you know, from the listening standpoint, um, the different pitch accents, evidently. But I'm also going to, you know, do a lot of listening um, to different podcasts and whatnot and different shows um, because I like to listen to things that... Um, are in real time, you know, like talk shows, the news, you know, podcasts, music, um, movies, 
So, I mean, that's, that's what I'm going to do. And, you know, I'm probably going to watch the, I'm going to watch Audition, like, a lot, because I own that movie. And I'm just going to pick that apart and let that be my movie to pick apart in Japanese with no English subtitles. And, you know, I'm going to, um, you know, I might brush up on my Cantonese, you know, and just keep it at A1, A2, just because I really enjoyed it. And the fact that I was able to, like, give my name, address, telephone number after six weeks of learning it using the Mango app, for which I'm not affiliated with them, I just enjoy using the app. So that's why I'm mentioning that, just as a, a point of reference, as it being another resource that I like to use that's accessible for me as someone that's um, low vision. So, but I mean, personally, um, you know, I mean, language learning is my life. I enjoy it. Um, I enjoy learning how to cook in different languages like Arabic. And um, I love Indian recipes. Now, I've done a lot of English um, YouTube channels, not so much Hindi YouTube channels, um, having to do with, you know, learning the target language that way. But, um, you know, I love Indian food. I love Japanese food. And I eventually want to find Japanese cooks that that speak in Japanese so I can get that in my under my belt and um yeah keep up my French Italian and Russian as well and you know I I will say I, I like to spend at least two years two and a half years each um on a language especially if I'm going to do speaking from day one I will speak from day one and then I will um uh, listen as well for like a year and do it from sun up to sundown because, you know, that means something. I even plan on trying to take at least four lessons a week or not a week, but a month of, um, you know, I talk to you for the first time and see how that goes. Um, you know, because I don't mind investing in myself, especially if I know that this is what I want to do. My, my goal is to speak at a, uh, upper intermediate level in both Arabic and Japanese at some point. So I'm going to start with Japanese and then I'll go back to Arabic. And, um, you know, uh, I will say this though. Um, I actually had an encounter at a gas station this weekend where I was, um, ordering some food for some friends of mine because they're diabetic and I wanted to try them um, to eat a little bit more healthier. And so um, this guy's accent sounded like he was like from the Middle East, but he had the audacity to tell me he was from China. And and I was like, I played along with him, even though I knew that he wasn't from China. So then when I left with my friend after she paid for the food, he had told my male friend, his son had told my male friend, rather, that they were Lebanese. And the son was like, well, so what? Who cares? You know, because I guess he had, he didn't want anyone to know that they were Lebanese or whatever. I don't know if he was ashamed or whatever. But it was just a point that, like, you actually had to lie to someone because, you know, you didn't want someone to know where you came from. Not to mention, you didn't even sound Chinese. I mean, and that's the truth of it. 
he didn't. He didn't look it at all. And um, he basically said something to the effect of that he did not, um, you know, they don't let him speak the languages he speaks. Then he has to speak English. And I said, you're talking about cultural appropriation. And I said, well, that's a shame. But it was just the point that he actually lied and said that he was, you know, another nationality when he really wasn't to, you know, um, I don't know if he had shame about where he came from. But it, that just showed me, wow, we really do need to learn more languages in this country other than Spanish and English. Because, you know, these people come over to, to you know, from all these different countries to become an American citizen, which is, you know, an honor for most people. And... To be ashamed of what your ethnicity is, is that was a little bit kind of off-putting after I found out the rest of the information. And, you know, I didn't take it personally, but it just goes to show that, you know, this is so important. You know, and I believe in learning about different people's cultures and laws. And, you know, even if I have to dive in to find out, okay, so you're of Arab descent and you're from this country or whatever and you might be Christian or Jewish or you might be Hindu or you might be, you know, you might practice Islam and be Muslim. Okay, well, when I interact with you, I need to know, you know, how how much I need to know about the culture and how to interact with you for a man versus a woman and so forth and so on. And that's important and it's like, I don't think that a lot of people take that as seriously as they should. I've seen people on YouTube travel to all these different countries and they not speak a lick of the language or understand the culture. And then they wonder why they get ripped off. And I'm like, okay, so you're complaining about why you hate this country or you think this is the ter most terrible country because of this reason or that. A lot of it is that you didn't do your homework prior and I mean, it just, to me, it's like very important to say you need to really know where you're going and what type of people you're dealing with. And if necessary, make some friends. You know, just don't go somewhere just because, you know, oh, let's go here. Well, you might want to think about that <laughs> because that is important, you know, and for a lot of people, it just it just goes to show, you know, if you don't do your homework, you can get in a lot of trouble. And, um, you know, I, I, I've known people where, you know, they, they couldn't get back into the country because their passport wasn't up to date or they didn't have this form filled out or whatever it was. And it, it was a very scary time for them and it took time off of their trip and so forth and so on. And I said, oh, you have to have your T's crossed, your I's dotted, and your your S, your um, punctuation put in the right place in order for everything to roll smoothly. Otherwise, it's going to be a very confusing time. And you don't want that when you go over into someone else's backyard. You want to learn their laws and their customs and their traditions. And you might even just go there for a vacation, but you at least want to be able to to blend in a little bit. And so, you know, I decided, you know, okay, I, 
you know, I can understand why, you know, this is like the second time I've heard someone say to me that they weren't allowed to speak their own language because of cultural appropriation on behalf of whoever they were working for or, you know, just because they were out in public and they were a specific, uh, a specific um, ethnic origin and, you know, people just, you know, frowned upon it because they didn't understand because they didn't take the time to learn a language themselves other than the language that they might have learned in high school, which they really didn't learn much because they can't speak it or understand it. You know, and, and a lot of people think that you can just get by with English and that's it. And this world is becoming much smaller because of the Internet. And, you know, it's important to know another language. That can actually get you jobs and in the door to places that you would never be able to realize if you didn't learn a, a, a second language or third or a fourth or a fifth or whatever. And I have my friend Colonel Cisse and Jacqueline Patching who just got married to each other in the Gambia um, recently. And I had introduced them to each other from my Chanel's Language Learning Journey Mastermind group on Facebook. And if anyone wants to join, they can. You don't have to be disabled to do so. You just have to learn languages. You know, you have to be able to speak some languages, wanting to learn languages and learn more about the cultures and so forth and so on. And you might have to like, you know, type in the description box, like what pictures you have, because we have people that have no vision and use screen readers and they need to be able to know what what the picture is because their screen reader can't read the picture. Um, that's one of the requirements of being in the um, group. And, um, I mean, if people are willing to respect everybody, regardless of their faith or their disability or whatever, we're, you know, we're all good. We're all inclusive. Um, but I will say, you know, I was completely happy for them. And, uh, you know, I introduced them to each other and Jacqueline went over to the Gambia like last year or the year before last and um, for two weeks and volunteered her time teaching English and other subjects. And, you know, they met up and feelings ensued and they kept talking and they wound up getting married. And I'm very happy for them right now. And, you know, they're fighting for disability rights over in the Gambia and other parts of the world where people's... um, are with disabilities aren't really acknowledged, especially if you're blind or low vision, like I am, um, it's very difficult to get employment because, you know, people have um, views on people that are disabled. And a lot of it's just because of the fact that they weren't educated on the fact that just because you have a disability doesn't mean you can't be a part of society, you can't get an education, you can't have kids or get married. These things you can do. You know, and if you want a job, it is attainable with the right amount of education and equipment and, you know, training. And so if if those things are put into place, along with the different social services to help you uh, achieve those goals, then you could be a productive member of society just like everybody else who's in the able-bodied side world. You know, each one teach one. And if people had this motto in hand, you know, the world would be a lot better off. And, uh, you know, I mean, we still have a long way to go, but we are, you know, making 
large strides within the disabled community, especially the blind and visually impaired community. Um, and, you know, people do have careers, but there's still a 70% unemployment rate um, in the world for people that are blind and visually impaired. And we need to knock that down to zero effective immediately because if you want an inclusive world, you have to include everybody, not just the ones that have full sight. Um, you know, everybody can learn, everybody can work, everybody can be productive members of society. And I truly do believe that. And Colonel and Jacqueline believe that too, along with a lot of other people that I know and care about worldwide that are blind and visually impaired. So, you know, and that's another reason I do this podcast show is to be able to educate people on these types of um, situations that are going on. You know, I know people in Morocco where if you don't, you know, you wind up graduating from from high school and you're able to go to college. Um, If you can't get a job after that, you're panhandling. You know, there are no social services in Morocco. And, you know, and there's no health care or anything like that. So if you live in, you know, certain parts of the East, it's very difficult for a lot of blind people to get ahead because, you know, they're just not set up for, you know, the blind and the visually impaired. And and I think a lot of that is just the fact that they don't have the proper training. They don't have the proper facilities you know, and people still have this belief that, you know, there's something wrong with someone if their eyes don't work right or whatever. And, and no, it's just, you know, if you believe in God or whatever you believe in, you know, God made us all to be different. And if we were all the same, the world would be boring. So, you know, I guess I look at it as, you know, we're all different. Even if you're in the blind community, everyone that's blind is not the same. Everyone that's blind doesn't have the same visual acuity. Um, Not everyone that's blind is total. There are people that are partial. Um, You know, so, I mean, you know, everyone's situation is different. Everyone's use of technology is different. Not everyone knows Braille, you know, because of reasons that are, you know, whether it's economic reasons, whether it's, you know, uh, you know, they might have neuropathy where they cannot uh, fill the braille dots so they have to use audio instead. You know, I mean, there are there are a magnitude of other factors, you know, as to why certain people, you know, if you, like me, been low vision and large print all her life, you might have done audio and large print, and you might have learned braille, but because you had enough readable vision and functionable vision in one eye, you were able to get you know, get through the system uh, a lot more easier than someone that would be totally blind. But then you wouldn't be taught the same type of tools and techniques that someone who had no sight since birth would be taught. You would be required to actually use your limited readable vision in order to be able to get by because you would be told, I live in a sighted world, so I have to do like the sighted people do. And it's not always the same because you'll never be able to drive a car, for instance, unless, you know, you got corrective surgery or if your vision was, uh, you know, corrected and you might have had glasses or contact lens or you might have a certain device that you may use or you might be 
prohibited to drive in the daytime only. It just depends on the situation, the person, and their visual acuity. And if you're like me where you can never drive, but you still see the bigger picture like cars and all that, and you have to see things up close in order to read it, um, it's a little bit different, you know. So in that instance, you kind of have to just, you know, get through the best you know how. And a lot of us have. Um, A lot of us have taken, you know, a great deal of pleasure on, you know, teaching ourselves, you know, certain things because they weren't going to be taught to us because we had, you know, usable vision. And it's still, that type of thing still takes place today in in the U.S. in regards to people who have low vision. And, uh, you know, that's someone that can still read large print, still count fingers, you know, and if you can't, then you're considered total. And even though you might have light perception, you're still considered total, you know, and um, because you can't make out someone's face or their eye color or, you know, print or, you know, read anymore. And, you know, for some people, it, that's very difficult to deal with. And then for some people, it's a relief. I've heard that from people. Um, and... To be honest, when it comes down to learning languages, you know, you can be auditory and kinesthetic, which means you read Braille and you listen, or you read print and you listen. Well, I listen. I do a lot of listening. And, um, you know, I might be able to read the bigger words, but I, I can't read the small ones, and I'm not really worried about it. You know, um, I've trained my ears enough to be able to, you know, be able to learn speaking and listening. And and that means more to me. I mean, you know, I can focus on the reading and writing later once I get a nice grasp of the language and enough vocabulary and grammar under my belt uh, auditorily by mind mapping and stuff in my head in order for me to be able to listen to a book and understand it and tell you what it says and so forth and so on. And that takes time. And and for me, it takes about two years, two and a half years, depending on how difficult the language is. If it's not that difficult, it might take me six months to a year, year and a half, you know. Um, but at the same time, you know, I really enjoy the process. And, and yes, it can be fundamentally difficult at times to be able to do um, um, a language Um, If you don't have enough resources. And for me personally, that does have uh, a significant um, bearing on on people, per se. And, you know, I just have to sit there and tell myself on a given day that, I do the best that I can when I'm learning a language. I mean, when I learned Russian, I didn't have a lot of resources about seven years ago. But now that technology has improved so much in those past seven years, I pretty much have stuff at my fingertips that I would have never had otherwise. And I'm very grateful for that. But, you know, I grew up in in the 80s and 90s, and I didn't have a computer. I didn't have the Internet. I slowly grew into using a computer and to 
using the internet. And, you know, I didn't have my first smartphone until I was 32. I didn't have my first cell phone, which was a flip phone, until I was 26. So, in my first computer when I was 24. So, you know, I mean, I had to teach myself JAWS for Windows. I had to teach myself how to use a Mac and iOS. And I'm, you know, I'm a proficient at it, but I like it from a touchscreen perspective as opposed to a um, uh, you know using like a laptop or an iMac for instance I love the touch screen aspect my phone and my tablet and that that means more to me than anything because I can just maneuver through real quick and it's not that difficult and I still use my vision what I have uh, for what I need it for but you know um, when it comes down to language learning, yeah, um, you know, I tell people you use what you have at your disposal. I mean, there's some people that like to learn from reading books in Braille. That's great. But not everybody has access to books in Braille in every language. Not everyone has access to books and audio in every language. And so they have to use what they have at their disposal. And that's fine. You know, um, not everybody lives in Europe where they can go from one country to the next and speak with whoever the hell they want. Um, You know, not everyone has a passport either. Um, Not everyone's making 100K a year. Um, You know, I mean, hell, shit, you're lucky to make over $10,000 if you're on disability. And, you know, I mean, I'm lucky that I have a roof over my head, um, food, clothing. Me and my guide dog, Bono, are healthy. You know, I mean, the good thing is, okay, this is my last year with Bono. Um, He will be retiring at the end of the year, and I will be uh, returning him to his puppy raisers in Oregon. And I will be getting my second guide dog as of this year. So I'm quite excited about that. Um, You know, I'm also excited that I reached 126 countries and I reached 48 states. I just have Idaho and Wyoming left and I'll be done with the whole of the U.S. And, um, you know, I also have to say um, when it comes down to language learning, you know, I decided not to dabble anymore. I decided to stick to two languages and do them back to back. The first one is Japanese for the next two years. And then I'm going to take two years for Arabic. And after that, I'm going to stop learning languages. And I'm going to maintain the ones that I have. And, you know, I'm going to continue to interview people. Because I guess I I look at it as I knew which languages I wanted to learn when I set it out on my own journey. As opposed to I want to learn every language there is. Because, okay, am I going to utilize all these languages? Probably not. Um, You know, and I'm 44, going on 45 years old. And I want to be able to say by the time I'm 50, yes, I can speak English, Spanish, Russian, French, Italian, Japanese, and Arabic at very high levels. And I will be happy with that. I literally will be happy with that. And, um... You know, um, I learned Spanish over 22 years ago, and it won't leave me, but I I mostly enjoy Spanish, not to speak it, but I just like it for the food, the cultural, you know, 
elements like dancing and the music more so than anything. So that's why my Spanish is kept up as long as it has been because of those reasons. And you don't have to speak a language, you know, if you learn it. You can utilize it for other reasons like what I mentioned, whether it's music, dancing, whatever it is that makes you happy. And I like cooking food from those countries. So that's that's the other reason I enjoy Spanish. But I do I like it. I love Russian and French and Italian and Japanese and Arabic. So those are the five languages that I really enjoy the most out of all of them. And, um, you know, I mean, I thought about learning Swahili because it was a heritage language. I did attempt to learn some Irish because that was a heritage language. But, you know, I was like, where am I going to speak these languages? Let me be realistic. You know, and yes, I could speak to people online or whatever, but I have to have the heart for it. And if I don't have the heart, I'm not just going to, I'm going to put some effort into it. You know, I might review it or whatever, but I'm not really um, focused on learning every language out there under the sun. And so if I speak about seven or eight languages, I'm happy with that. And, and that's fine with me personally. But I will always talk about languages like it's the the World Cup is coming up and it's in Qatar. So I'm going I know Arabic is, um, you know, that's a big deal. So I'm going to learn some some sports and, you know, like soccer phrases in Arabic and, you know, talk about the World Cup in Arabic. And, you know, talk to my Arabic friends, you know, because since it's in, you know, Qatar, Qatar, then, you know, why not? That That's not a bad thing. I'll do that. I did it for Spanish, Russian, and French. So why not do it for Arabic, you know, or try to learn some phrases in Japanese as well. So, I mean, that that's going to be something that I'm going to do because it's an event that's big. And soccer is something that's revered worldwide, except for here in the U.S. I mean, we got football, baseball, basketball, hockey. But when it comes down to it, like soccer, you know, it's, it's something that's new for us. But not for the rest of the world, unfortunately. So, But, I mean, these are just the type of things that I'm going to be focusing on for the year or two, and I'm going to be interviewing people as well, you know, I'm going to try to see if I can do an interview in Japanese and work up to that, and be able to speak enough to be able to ask questions, and get feedback, and do simple, you know, if it has to be half Japanese, half English, I'm going to start doing that, because, you know, that's something that's important to me, I want to be able to use my languages in that way, and focus on that, Um, so, that's just something that I'm going to do. I would love to put this question out there as to what plans do you plan on having for 2022 in regards to your language learning journeys? You know, do you plan on focusing on one language, more one language at a time or more than one language? You know, what methods are you using? You know, um, so forth and so on. You know, because at the end of the day, this is what it's all about. You know, learning languages because you want to, not because you have to. And to my friends, Colonel Cisse and Jacqueline Passion Cisse, congratulations on your 
Felicitacion, Mezumi, on to matrimonial, um, you know, I do appreciate the fact that you got married and fell in love, and that's just a beautiful thing, and I'm just so happy for you. So, congratulations, everybody. Um, I hope that you guys enjoyed the podcast. Um, I know that this is pretty long. Uh, It's about 40 minutes. Um, I wasn't expecting to go this long, but I'm glad that I did. Um, I will probably see you guys next week. And remember, follow, rate, review, share the podcast with anyone that's learning languages. And if you want to be a guest, please instant message me on Facebook, instant messenger, Chanel Patrice Hancock, C-H-E-N-E-L-L-E-P-A-T-R-I-C-H-A-N-C-O-C-K. And you can also go to my voicemail at anchor.fm and leave me a message or DM me at Chanel.Hancock at Twitter. And I will get back to you guys. Happy language learning, everybody. Snorm Novi Gordon Sim. Yo yo Timachio Matachiwa no Tamadachiwa. Coco D. Chanel's Language Learning Journey Podcast. Remember, language learning is a journey, not a race. Arigato Tomodachito. So stay. Sayonara.